For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus.
pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch o'er their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Starlit hillside, shepherds watch their sheep. Slowly, David's city drifted off to sleep. But in this little town of no great renown, the Lord had a promise to He will carry our curse and death, he will 
think of Christmas, it ought to be very, very encouraging to every one of our hearts if we realize the message of Christmas. And what I like about this season is that it brings great hope and great promise and great encouragement regardless of what kind of year we've had. To many, it's been a year of uh, trials, a loss, perhaps change in life, perhaps where you're seated in your situation in life right now, you might be thinking, I don't know, there's not a lot of hope. Or you may be here tonight saying, you know, life is, is going well for me. But regardless of your situation, there are some overriding issues that come out from the entire Christmas account. And the first one that speaks to me that encourages my heart is that God's Word is 100% trustworthy. In the very beginning, when mankind had fallen into sin, God said, I will send a Redeemer that is born of the seed of a woman. That's impossible apart from God. And we have this year been going through the Bible from 30,000 feet, a different book every week. And you go through the Bible, Noah revealed the quarter of the world from which Messiah would come. Abraham, the nation of the Messiah, Jacob, the tribe of the Messiah, David and Isaiah, the family of Messiah, Micah revealed to us the town, Bethlehem, where he would be born, Daniel revealed to us the time when he would be born, Malachi told us that there would come a forerunner before him, John the Baptist. Jonah gave us the picture that he would come and be crucified and rise again. And everything throughout Scripture points to this Messiah. Isaiah said, Behold, a virgin shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. For years and years Israel waited, and in the fullness of time God sent forth his Son. There are many promises in God's Word that relate to you and I, and you may think, I wonder, does that really apply to me? You can count on God's Word to be 100% trustworthy. Everything that God says He will fulfill exactly as as he said. But secondly, it's encouraging to me because the message that Christmas brings is that God loves me. And God loves you and God loves the world. God is saying, you may have turned away from me, but I haven't turned away from you. And I am going to extravagant means 
to reestablish a relationship with you that was broken by sin. And the extravagant means was he sent his son to be born as a humble babe in Bethlehem. I mean, Bethlehem is famous today. But I was—I commented to the family last week, I said, Bethlehem was like Sheraton, Iowa. I mean, you get out of Lucas County, nobody knows Sheraton, Iowa. Bethlehem wasn't famous. Bethlehem is famous because of Jesus Christ. And God sent his son for the express purpose to show how much he loves you. That he is willing to send his son to pay the penalty for our sin, our sin that separated us from God. But God sent his son to pay the penalty for our sin to bring us back to fellowship with God. And that is the greatest love that can ever be manifested. You may be here tonight and you may say, well, you know what, I, I don't really feel like God loves me. There is no greater work that God could do than to give his son to manifest his love for you. And God loves you. I just, I just want us to say tonight together, God loves me. Okay, here we go. Ready? God loves me. Now, some of you said it tonight, and in your mind you're thinking, I don't know how he really can. Because of who we think we are. But God knows us intimately. He knows every detail about us. And he still loves us. That's the amazing thing. What, what God is shouting around the world tonight is, I love you. Now some on the other hand may think, well, why wouldn't God love me? Of course he loves me. You have a greater problem than the ones that think God doesn't love you. But the reality is, despite who we are, God loves us. And, and Christmas is that message. But I think of the whole Christmas account, and it tells me and encourages me that God is in control. That God caused a virgin to conceive. That God caused the ruler of a nation to demand that there be a census taken. God, in his perfect timing, caused that to happen. That God moved to change Joseph's mind. He was going to put Mary away, but God moved to change Joseph's mind. That God opened the innkeeper's heart. That God miraculously called the shepherds. That God sent a star to lead the wise men. And that God sent Joseph and Mary and the babe to Egypt to protect them. You take all the things that are involved in that. Rulers of nations and timings and and innkeepers. It shouts to us that God is in control. And you may think by looking around at the world today, it's out of control. And Christmas shouts back to you, no, God is in control. And he is fully in control. 
And it doesn't matter what the United Nations does. It doesn't matter what President Trump or Putin or Syria or the establishment or deep state or whatever. God is still in control and God's will will be done. And that ought to encourage our hearts to realize God is in control. To Joseph and Mary, it may have seemed like their life was out of control, but God was in control. God is able to make all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. And you may be here tonight and you may be thinking, my life's out of control. And God says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But another encouraging truth from the Christmas account is that God rewards faith. Genuine faith results in obedience. And the genuine faith that came and was manifested in Mary when the angel appeared unto her, and she said, okay, I'll be your servant, Lord. The genuine faith of obedience of Joseph that he said, okay, I'll obey you, Lord. Joseph and Mary, the shepherds, the wise men, Simeon and Anna, all manifested their faith and it was greatly rewarded. Every one of them would stand before you tonight and say, it is worth trusting God. And your faith will be rewarded. You may say, I haven't seen the reward yet. Your faith in Jesus Christ, your obedience to what he directs you to do, will be rewarded. And let me mention one other thing that's encouraging to me from the Christmas account. That the angel said when Jesus ascended up into heaven... The angel said, why do you stand here gazing up? This same Jesus will so come in, come again in like manner as you have seen him go. Jesus came the first time, and as the men's trio sang, he came the first time, and he's coming back again. I don't remember the exact phrase how that ended. My mind's, fa- I thought, I'm going to remember that. But, It said he's coming again in glory and in power. And Galatians, the fullness of time, at the exact perfect time, Christ came the first time. And the exact perfect time, Jesus Christ is coming again. And all the troubles of the world will be o'er, will be have perfect relationship with God. You know, the early Christians did not say in dismay, look what the world has come to. But they said, look what has come into the world. They saw not merely the ruin of sin, but they saw the source of the reconstruction of the ruin. They didn't merely see that sin abounded. They saw that grace did much more abound. And on the assurance of his coming again, pivoted their blessed hope in Jesus Christ to swing from despair and loss and fatalism to faith and confidence 
that sin had at last met its match and it was defeated. And someday when Jesus Christ comes again, the final victory will be complete. And we rejoice in that. We take hope looking back. Thank you, God, for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we look ahead. Thank you, God, for the promise of your Son coming again. It truly ought to make us say, Hallelujah. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. With every breath I'm singing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So when a manger filled with hay, God's only Son was born, oh hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. was just as the angel said, you'll find him in a manger bed, Emmanuel and Savior, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And to the place at which you were, their frankincense and gold and myrrh, they gave to you and cried out, Hallelujah! 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 Came to rescue me, this baby boy would grow. 
My sins would drive the nails in you. That rugged cross was my cross too. Still every breath you drew was high.